she may have been in cahoots with Wild all along. Cahoots. I've been cahooted. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This is episode 139, recorded on November 25th, 2014. In this episode, we'll be talking to senior editor and contributor to Geek Mom, Kathy Post. And we'll talk about how we've been geeking out with what we've been watching, reading, and playing. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. Kathy Post is a mom, a polyhedral dice thrower, D&D player, and crocheter of geeky characters. She can be found playing a good board game with her husband if she isn't chasing her two kids and four cats. Kathy is senior editor and contributor at geekmom.com. We were ships passing in the halls at Geek Girl Con this year, uh, where Kathy was doing some fantastic cosplay with her daughter. Uh, So welcome to the show, Kathy. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Why don't we get started with a little bit about your sort of geek and gaming background and history? Uh, Okay. I started, I didn't really play a lot of games as a kid, board or video. Uh, I had a regular leading edge computer when I was a kid and I was allowed to play Hangman on it. So (laughs) I remember. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. (laughs) But when I was in college at Wazoo, my husband introduced me to uh, massive multiplayer online games mm. before WoW came out. So right. we played a lot of Asheron's Call 2 and Anarchy Online and even some Unreal Tournament, which wasn't massively multiplayer online. But you could make it kind of, sort of, just not as massive as WoW. Mm-hmm. But... That ended up kind of, because we played a lot of Pokemon on Game Boys and stuff, it kind of morphed after we had kids into playing the card game, and then it was, oh, look at all these other pretty board games, and (laughs) and we just started kind of collecting them. Yeah, you posted uh, on Twitter just the other day your your collection. (laughs) I have to say, I I had a little board game envy going on there. <laughs> How did I miss that? I thought I was following her. <laughs> it was a pretty impressive collection. I'd say, what, like four sets of shelves? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Drooling here. <laughs> and I know some board gamers that have twice that or triple that even. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't take very long. Crazy. No. With the size boxes that games come in and different expansions to other games it doesn't take long at all to just acquire mm-hmm. they're like tribbles they just kind of multiply <laughs> well, not at my house i'm looking at this picture boy you're organized too it's pretty That's awesome hereditary <laughs> <laughs> and you have some old games too yeah I, my parents cleaned out their craft room hobby room and said, okay, we aren't going to keep these. We don't play board games unless we're at your house, so just take them. I said, okay, I will add them to the collection. They will have a good home. Cool. Yeah. I started doing that. I started collecting, um, like, old versions of games. So I have, like, a Monopoly that's from, I think, 64. 
Oh, nice. Something like that. I found it in a secondhand store. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I found it, and I'm like, Monopolies never look like that. (laughs) (laughs) And there's just something about vintage games when before they used plastic. Yeah, yeah. These have all the like old pieces and all, and the you know the the motels and uh, houses are all wood pieces instead of plastic. So. Wow. Yeah. That's I impressive. I haven't played it so I don't know if like all the cards are there necessarily. Um but it was in really good shape like it was rubber banded together and so it looked like somebody had cared about it at least. So but it's a good, you know. It's a good antique piece. I hate Monopoly, so. <laughs> oh yeah. Monopoly is not allowed in our house. When my husband and I were dating, uh, that was something that we agreed to early on was that if we were going to get married, that we would not own a copy of Monopoly. And so far, it's stayed true. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. He's not a nice player. I get very <laughs> angry with him. <laughs> I say it's it's not really a game. It's really a, a test of will. Yes. Um, and and a not a pleasant one at that. I played it once with my game group, like back when we were first sort of getting together, and just people were offended immediately, and our feelings were hurt. And I was like, well, it's just not. No, not it is not a game if you want to make friends. Right. Yes. It's kind of the antithesis of what I think board gaming should be. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kathy, did um, you and your husband meet over gaming, or did you just find that as a common interest? It became a common interest. We actually met in band when we were in seventh and eighth grade. So oh, wow. we've known each other for a really long time. Um, he just sort of, we because we always did the same sports, we did track together, we did band together. We just stayed friends all the way through junior high and high school and then started dating and ended up going to the same college. So it just sort of worked out. <laughs> and it was nice. That's well, Yeah, that is nice because then you sort of skipped all the, you know, relationship drama that is high school relationships. Yes. Got to actually kind of come together when you're a little bit more solid as people probably. Yeah. Yeah. And every dumb mistake we ever made, we already knew about. So we couldn't hold it against them and it wasn't a secret. So (laughs) we still wanted to marry each other. So it worked out. There wasn't some big history to find out about. (laughs) No. And you went to WSU? Yes. The one here in Vancouver or in um, Pullman? I went to Pullman. Okay. Wazoo, Vancouver wasn't around. At that time. Oh, that's true. That's true. I hadn't even even made that connection. That's true. It's not that old of a campus. No, actually, I think they had broken ground on it, I think, by the time I left Mm. Pullman. Yeah. I think. Did you like Pullman? Yes. <laughs> you know how I hated it, so <laughs> I was only I, there for two years, but <laughs> two years is long enough. Two years is long <laughs> enough. But, yes. Because <laughs> I was in the marching band, I mean I had to sit through some really, really cold oh. football games. Yeah. And it was the years in between the two Rose Bowls, so it wasn't happy football games it was <laughs> oh. we're down by 54 points and the wind chill is negative 13 football games oh god but yeah it was still fun it was an experience i wouldn't trade yeah yeah i kind of feel that way about my time in pullman as well like i got i got some good uh good life skills from that that experience 
one being I didn't want to live anywhere unpleasant again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about Geek Mom and, uh, and its history and your involvement there. Uh, Geek Mom was started by uh, some of the female writers who write for Geek Dad, uh, Karina Lawson, Natanya Barron, Jenny Williams, and Kathy Ciceri, and they decided that, hey, there needs to be a Geek Mom, and Ken Dinmead, who's our uh, publisher, and he's in charge of both Geek Mom and Geek Dad, uh, they decided there should be a Geek Mom to go with Geek Dad, so in 2010, they kind of went out looking for other moms who were geeks and were passionate about Star Wars and Doctor Who and reading and science and all that and came up with Geek Mom and it's been going strong since 2010. Nice. Yeah, you guys have some great content and some some really interesting articles. I've been sort of on your site a lot the last couple of weeks since I found you right before Geek Girl Con, I think was when I found you for the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm glad you found it. Yeah, it was one of those, um, you know, random tweets from somebody else. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. How come I don't know about this already? <laughs> now, is the yeah. Geek Dad, is that part of the Wired Magazine, Geek Dad? It was. It's now independent. Oh, okay. Along with Geek Mom. We're both independent okay. now. I noticed that that menu had changed, and I wasn't quite sure whether they were the same thing or not. Yes, they are. Oh. Still the same band of writers. Uh, they occasionally change a little bit here and there when people have other things that come up that they need to do projects for their, most of the time, extremely geeky jobs. And so it varies from year to year, but the core most of the time stays the same on both sites for the writers. So it's so what, what type of contributions and uh, the type of things go on to Geek Mom? What, what do you mean? What's on the what's on the site? Oh, what's on the Is website? It, uh, yes. Articles, there's probably, I think the last time I counted, there were 36 moms from across the world contributing anything nice. from product reviews to science experiments to uh, coding projects to do with your kids, different experiences with unboxing these new subscription boxes, different uh, robotics, Legos, uh, book reviews, book recommendations, anything you can think of that is possible to be passionate about in a geeky way is on the site at any given time. So, How is the site organized? So if I wanted to go out there and find like the science experiments, how would I do that? Most of the, there's a bar up at the top and right now I can't remember exactly what's at the top of the screen and I'm not in front of a computer, but they have a DIY little tag at the top and if you click on DIY you'll find oh, all yeah. the geeky DIY projects and oh yeah this is um yeah this is nice there's a DIY we actually had a gift guide and science and projects that the geek mom writers themselves have worked on and uh, reviews oh, yeah. if you're specifically looking for product reviews this time of year especially if you want to buy something but you don't necessarily know if it's a good product or not just go straight for the product reviews yeah, I was looking yeah. at the, you've been doing holiday gift suggestion guides, right? Yes. Yeah, I was looking at those today. Um, not that I'm looking for anybody who might be listening. So shh, <laughs> don't go look there. No, no ruined surprises, please. Um, nope. 
but yeah, I was looking at the at the I think it was the DVD suggestions or the Blu-ray suggestions. So nice. Yeah, I know my list, my wish list on Amazon grew <laughs> by about five or six suggestions in the DVD section, mm-hmm. Blu-rays, because of the suggestions that other writers turned in. Nice. Yeah, that's kind oh. of contagious. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite type of writing to do for the site? Probably science experiments at this point. I used to really like doing game reviews, and there's still probably a very, very close second, almost a tie. Mm-hmm. I love reviewing board games. There's so many different kinds out there, mm-hmm. and there's so many new ones with shows like Tabletop yes. with Will Wheaton. It's yeah. the game design has just exploded in the last couple of years and it's great to see and I love doing it but my daughter is now in a school program where she does a lot of science experiments and sometimes she's required to do a presentation and so we've been doing a lot of those and sometimes I post them to geek mom with how do you do this yourself at home and they're a lot of fun that's cool learn and there was that whole science section at geek girl con and the science experiments were very different from each other and it gave kids and adults a good experience in not just one scientific field but you could do genetics and you could do physics and you could do chemistry and it was very simple experiments but still very exciting for any age group right right well that's one of the great things that i love about geek girl con is how kind of open it is and how many opportunities there are to check out things like that. Like Rhonda spent some time down uh, with the miniatures painting. Yep. And nice. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, getting yeah. to check that out. Yeah, I'm looking at, it looks like one of your um, one of your experiments, how to extract fruit DNA. <laughs> yes. That's so cool. That was found straight from Geek Girl Con. We came home, my daughter found oh, wow. out her homework for the week and she said, that was the best experiment at Geek Girl Con. Can we do that one? <laughs> sure. Let's do oh, it. Awesome. We'll share it on Geek Mom because I bet you other parents will want to do it too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, that was pretty cool. How long have you been contributing to the site? Since the beginning. Oh, wow. I'm one of the originals that came on in 2010. And I don't actually think there's too many of us left. I think most of us have moved on to other things, but, and Kathy Ciceri, one of the originals who set up the site is no longer with it, but Jenny, Karina, and Natanya are still going strong and keeping it going, and it's amazing, because we've grown so much. What, in personnel? Just in reach. In reach, yes. Mm-hmm. And in content, and just... I think of where we started and where we've come Mm -hmm. and it's incredible to see what we've been doing and where our writers are from. Cause when we started in 2010, I don't think there were any writers from outside the U S and now we have at least two that I can think of off the top of my head, Mm -hmm. at least one writer in Canada and at least one in Europe. Oh, cool. That is really cool. And it's it's nice that you're um, like conscientious about that because I think a lot of times people get kind of stuck in their sphere of influence. So, mm-hmm. so, so be, you know, and, and so you kind of, your friends or, you know, you know, people or, you know, other people or you're networking and it only reaches a certain part. But of course there's geek moms who are going to be all over the world. So 
Right. Uh, do you do you have any idea whether or not that you have very many homeschooling moms? Yes, there are a lot of homeschooling moms. And I want to say there's a good percentage, probably about a quarter of the moms who write for Geek Mom who actually homeschool. Hmm. Yeah, because this information looks like it would be right up their alley. Yeah. And there have been quite a few articles that have been geared specifically to homeschooling moms and their kids for references and sources that are out there to make things a little bit more fun. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a great um, reference of information. I was just sitting here thinking, um, Regina, Aaron, remember the family mm-hmm. uh, fighting the universe? They homeschool. Oh, okay. And she and I write back and forth to each other. She teaches a lot of their art classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's extremely talented. Um, and we, we talk about projects for, uh, for the kids to do for art and, oh my goodness, she's so creative. If I'd have had those kind of classes in school, I'd have stayed with art. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's hard because I would imagine at least that, um, you know, it's hard to have a network of people when you're homeschool homeschooling, uh, you know, may, maybe other parents, I don't know, you know, how often people would get together if there's support networks. So I imagine the web would give a lot of flexibility to parents to do things like the science experiments that you can do at home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I know locally there's a lot of homeschool support. Yeah. And I know quite a few from when I used to play the Pokemon card game, there were unschoolers and they all knew each other mm-hmm. and they were basically their own class that they went through school with because they always met, the parents always got together, they played board games together weekly, mm-hmm. but they also learned at home and were able to learn with their peers without being in a peer environment. Right. <laughs> yeah. Without a, yeah, without a forest or sort of set up. Um, right structured, um, institutional, that's the word I'm looking for, institutional um, situation where they would be learning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just reading about unschooling. <laughs> There's so many different things to know. <laughs> there is. And I think of other areas in the Pacific Northwest that from what I've gathered through friends on Facebook and other social media, there isn't this support network in other parts of mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest like there are here in the Portland, Vancouver area, right. which is bizarre because you think someplace like Seattle would have a lot of support, but it doesn't appear that it does. Hmm. That's interesting because you would just think based on population alone, there would be somebody who started up a group or some sort of network, but right, you know, you have to have somebody who's willing to step out and do that and not not all urban centers are are hospitable to such things. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, would you say that um, that everyone in your family is uh, a geek or, or geeky in some way? Oh my gosh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I don't think our children had a chance. <laughs> uh, our daughter, we were. I'm trying to think if we were already doing miniatures gaming when my daughter was born. I don't think we were. I don't remember anymore, but with my daughter, she started reading with Pokemon cards at three (laughs) with reading the names. And then she was reading the stats and then she was reading their attacks and oh my gosh. Okay. So she can read simple books by the time she hit 
kindergarten and soccer teacher. And then my son, because we were playing so many miniatures games when he was born and playing D&D frequently, his some of his first words were dice, (laughs) guy, game, (laughs) dice, dice. No, you can't have the dice because you're going to eat them. Right. He wanted to roll them, but still, it was it was pretty funny to watch. And now, they just look forward to not being grounded from the game room because you saw how many there were and yeah. how organized I like to keep them. And my kids <laughs> don't replace them in that fashion. And a lot of times, the directions don't make it back in, or oh. pieces are missing, and then they get grounded from the game room for a week. And that's the worst punishment ever: is to not be able to play with the board games. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, that's fantastic. That's as it should be. <laughs> so what type of games do each of them gravitate toward? Do they love the uh, miniature type games or do they tend to gravitate more to independent games? Uh, what are their personalities like? That It varies, really. Uh, my daughter, we just reviewed a game called Gravity Maze and it's a one-person game. But they sat down and each played with it separately. And they're five and eight. And decided that, yeah, they liked playing with it by themselves. But they also figured out a way that they could play the game together. Mm, That's the best. (laughs) And I think he tends to gravitate towards games that have little characters. We've got a dinosaur game out there. And he likes pulling it out because it has little dinosaurs in it. He likes pulling out the Haba... Maza game with the cars in it because it has cars in it. So as long as it doesn't have just simple shapes, I think he's more likely to pull a game out. Hmm. With my daughter, I don't know. She likes anything that we will play with her, that Mm -hmm. we can play as a family because she can read and she's getting to be fairly good with the strategy games. As long as she doesn't have to bluff, she's okay. (laughs) She is a horrible liar. And if you want her to lie, you know she's lying because she's over there giggling. Hyena. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's hilarious. And and not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, do they have very many friends that play games? That um, Do they invite friends over or um, do they mostly just play with family? Because I know my friend Erin, they have a hard time finding other people who are interested in gaming. That's been interesting. We were actually, my husband and I were talking about this recently, that our circle of friends changed after we had kids. And it changed from a group of people who didn't have kids at the time, and they weren't very forgiving at the fact that we had had a child. And so we kind of, and we didn't play anything other than video games at that point. And then as we started morphing towards more of the board games and had kids. I started writing for Geek Mom. I started realizing that I lived close to a couple of the Geek Dad writers who were playing board games. Uh, Some of the miniatures gamers that we were gaming with had families with kids that we could go play games with them and then the kids could play together. And now the kids are getting to ages where the kids can play the games with us too. So it's not just, okay, the adults are having adult time while the kids go have kid time. But it's worked out really nicely. We were playing three separate RPG campaigns. 
And each of those families had at least one kid of a close age to one of our kids so that they could just go play. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't have to worry about, okay, what are the kids doing? Because there was somebody old enough to make sure that the little ones weren't getting into trouble, even though that's not really an issue anymore with the youngest ones being five. Mm -hmm. So, but it's, it's been kind of an interesting evolvement of game playing. Well, it's, it's kind of, it sounds kind of perfect in terms of um, being able to serve everybody's needs at the time, you know, being able to have the kids play as kids and you guys play as adults and then be able to bring the kids into the bigger games. Um, What miniatures games do you play? My husband's played the gambit of them, uh-huh. and I only played Warhammer Fantasy mm-hmm. for about a year and a half. The guys joke that I won the tournament and then I quit because there was no hire to go. <laughs> <laughs> you invested it, so you're like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And in actuality, it's because we had our son, and right. we couldn't take every Sunday night to go play anymore. And I just, I was interested, but I wasn't fully in, invested. It wasn't in, lighting up your passion. Right. Yeah. I enjoy playing it when I have the opportunity, but it's not a game that you can just kind of pick up and play once a year. Yeah. And that's what I keep doing, and it's stressful whenever I do it. So I'll go. I'll be supportive. I can help the guys and have a basic enough grasp of the rules because the rule book, have you ever seen a Warhammer or miniatures yeah. game rulebook thing. Yeah, I played I played War Machine um once or twice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I haven't. My husband is very much into that and or was he hasn't been in a while. But um, uh, yeah, he loved War Machine and you know I tried it out and I've tried it out a couple of times, but it's it's it it's daunting. Yes. You know, just just the 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 level of you know strategy and rules and complexity and gameplay and faction and I mean it just goes on and on and on and it's great because in, in terms of the complexity and the engagement people have with the community but wow it's yeah. a lot for somebody who hasn't like been exposed to it so yeah and for someone who's more into casual gaming mm-hmm. it's not for everybody yeah <laughs> definitely, definitely but you I'm surprised that more women don't play it considering the amount of strategy that's involved and the amount of art skills that are involved. That's what I always thought too. Like, like, and the, and the characters like this, I mean, there's stories and there's, you know, you know, sort of novellas about each of the characters and so much, you know, history and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I always thought that that would be more of a draw too, but it is, it is, you know, I, I think I've known in the group that Chris played with, um, I think I knew one woman who was a regular player. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. How big it's was the hard, group? especially in a family as <clears throat> at least to me for the woman to be invo- that involved in something that takes so much time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds wonderful and 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 really interesting, but uh, the investment in time to really be able to sit down and enjoy it um, yeah. sounds huge. It, it is. It is. It, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot Absolutely. to understand. So the group that Chris played with was, I think there were about 10 people that cycled in and out of it. Maybe, okay. Maybe eight or 10. So, But I remember going to the game store with him when we were first dating and <laughs> walking in and being the only woman in the store and having that kind of moment where everybody kind of stopped 
and looked, and looked. At, and looked at me. <laughs> I was like, hi. <laughs> I'm real nice, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and then they got over it and just went back to what they were doing. But it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I'm very much in my own gender here. <laughs> oh, no, it's a girl. What do we do? <laughs> We do not know how to deal with this. <laughs> well, Kathy, if um, you were to go down to the um, to the gaming room and you could you could pick out one game uh, your favorite to play, what would it be? That's a tough question. It is. Can I pick two? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rampage, which has been renamed, but off the top of my head, I can't remember what has been renamed. I think something about Meeple City. The, ram- the rampage of Meeple City or Meeple's Get Eaten or something it's like that. The one with the little, like, figures, the little, right? Yeah, it's got these wooden discs yeah. and you build buildings out of Meeple's and then you use your skills of uh, your, your agility to flick your little monster around and eat Mon- and eat people and it's really awesome because you can drop the dinosaur or the monster and you can blow on the top of his head to use your fire breath you can flick a, a vehicle off the top of his head to try and knock down a building mm-hmm. and it's very destructive um i think the new name is terror in meeple city there you go that sounds right <laughs> it sounds like great fun yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's for eight and up, but I would think that kids younger, if they had parental supervision, could probably play it. Because yeah. it seems like kids always have better control of their finger muscles than adults do. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's such a new skill, the whole picking things up with your fingers thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's the well, second game? Yeah, yeah. The second game's Dixit. Oh, oh, I love man. <laughs> Because it's such a great party game and you can use your imagination. You can learn a lot about the people you're playing with by playing it. Yes. And yes. the art's so beautiful and there's little bunny rabbits and, <laughs> pretty, and the game board's pretty. So, yeah, that's that's one of my go-tos. <laughs> yeah, that's a good um, what Will Wheaton would say in Infection Vector. Um, yes, game to get people who might be resistant started. When I when I started getting into more strategy games, my my game group was not particularly fond of some of the games that I was bringing, and I could understand a couple of times we really bombed with games we hadn't played before. But um, Dixit and um, Ticket to Ride, and um, I'm trying to think of one other. There was Quirkle, I think. Yeah, have been super hits among just pretty much anybody who wants to game can get into it yeah i'm ashamed to say that i still have not played ticket to ride really yeah Uh, i've never played it either okay i don't feel bad then so you're in good company yeah i've not played it either it's fun i think people like it too because of the little trains kind of like you said your son's attracted to the thing with the pieces i think yeah (laughs) (laughs) ticket to ride has that same appeal (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> What's your favorite uh, board game, Regina? Oh, boy. Um, you know, Small World would definitely be in the top for me. Um, but I got a little into a little bit more sort of serious strategy games. So I like Lords of Waterdeep. Nice. Oh, yeah. 
Lords yeah. of Waterdeep is really fun, um, and I tend it to be is. okay at that game. Like we're talking in one in our um, holiday playlist uh, episode, I was talking about how much I love Anomia, um, but I'm horrible at it. Like I cannot win yeah. that game to save my life. <laughs> But it's so much fun to play. Like, I yeah. love playing it, but I just, I can't play it. <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> like that with Dixit, too. I've, I have kind of a hit or miss with Dixit, and I think that's because I've been trained to be an abstract thinker. <laughs> PhD in American studies sort of takes you to that, like, make all the connections with everything in the world. And I don't always play my group who, you know, I don't play the crowd very well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kathy, there is a a picture over on um, your website, and it, it it you and your daughter were cosplaying. Was this at Geek Girl Con? Yes, that was at Geek Girl Con. I think it's going to and be a one time only thing. <laughs> oh, really? No more oh, cosplaying. Really? <laughs> yeah, and why's that? Oh, she's done. She didn't like wearing a mask. That pot that she oh. was wearing was not easy to walk in and she's in shape. She does taekwondo 4 days a week. Oh wow. And she's in shape. She's got a little bit of a six-pack thing going on and she could not walk in that pot. She said it was heavy and it was just mm, awkward and the mask hurt her face because she wears glasses even though we cut out a spot for her glasses to sit and hmm. she, after about half a day of being stopped for pictures, she was done. Oh. Yeah, it does make a different experience, I would think, going to the con and having people want to take your picture all the time. Yeah, we never even made it down to the board game area at Geek Girl Con because oh. we were so tired by Sunday Yeah, after all the attention on Saturday that we just went and hung out with the Geek Mom writers for a little bit and then ended up going and waiting for our Bolt bus to go home because we were just exhausted. She actually fell asleep at the bus stop. Oh. Oh. Keeping in mind that there was a Seattle Seahawks game going on yeah. at the time, and she slept through it. She was so tired. That's impressive. <laughs> if you guys haven't guessed already, they um, uh, her daughter dressed as um, Groot, and she dressed as Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. And um, you guys made your costumes? My husband made our costumes for us. He actually oh, wow. made all three of our costumes. My son went as the Honey, Where's My Pants guy from the Lego movie. <laughs> that was his Halloween costume this year. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> fantastic. That's great. That's great. Oh. It's a really great use for those cheese puff containers that you get at World Market, or sometimes you can find oh, them. Yeah. yeah, if you take out all the cheese balls and spray paint them and Oh my! That's right. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I don't think I saw any pictures of him. I can send you one. Oh, I love it. I, I, yeah, I'll I put it up with that. yeah. I'll put it up with a post if you if you send it to me. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, so, I love sometimes costume. It's the simplest things. I um I got a present for a friend of mine at at Dragon Con, and it was a just a Lego dude that is good cop bad cop i could probably <laughs> not buy her anything else ever again and she is absolutely completely thrilled and flipped over the fact that you can rotate his little helmet and he's good cop bad cop 
That is so cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> so is that the only time you guys have cosplayed? It's not. Well, hmm. we took my daughter to PAX one year. And we, again, my husband made the costumes. I am not a seamstress. My husband is the cook and he is the seamstress in the family. Awesome. Because I just, I'm not inclined, I guess. It just doesn't turn out right. So thankfully, he is a whiz with a sewing machine. So he made us little poodle skirts with Pokeballs and Pokemon on them. Oh, cool. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't quite cosplaying, but it was. And that was our first, first thing at a convention uh he's made us jedi robes before and those turned out okay that was our first attempt and just other years not so much mm-hmm. we do it off and on but yeah. we don't really go to enough conventions to warrant doing cosplay every year yeah yeah it, it there's a lot of commitment to doing it and i would definitely count uh you know um uh skirt with pokemon on it as cosplaying <laughs> kind Those of a, are fun. yeah yeah a nice mashup uh, pax is a hard place to cosplay as well it's it is not really a great place for for that um partially because there's just so many people but it's not really in the culture all that much i mean there are some people who cosplay but you know they're sort of the super dedicated cosplayers i think yeah and they're costumes look amazing and professionally done and mm-hmm. yeah yeah as i'm sure Absolutely. a good portion of them probably are <laughs> at least i hope so with some of the people i've seen at pax yeah 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 but i take it your husband isn't a cosplayer then not really no no he doesn't do he, the 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 he doesn't join he made the costumes for you guys but he didn't make one for himself right and actually he didn't that stands perfectly true because he finished making all of our costumes for us for geek girl con and halloween and then because we went to a halloween party i said well you have to dress up he goes well i don't have a costume and i said okay (laughs) i will go digging and thankfully my parents had picked him up a chef hat a few years ago and it was up in our our box of hats in our closet and he had picked up a chef's uh, coat Mm -hmm. on a business trip so I dug those two things out, threw them on the bed and say, said, here, you're going to be a chef. Have a wooden spoon. He's all, that works. And off we went. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's, oh, that's great wonderful. when you can pull it. Yeah, pull it together like that, too. <laughs> yeah. I was thankful that we had it because I said, you could be a Jedi. He goes, no, those robes are hideous. I said, okay. <laughs> and hot, probably. He'd be complaining like your daughter might have been. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Those Jedi robes were not as hot as the Rocket Raccoon because that's a lot of faux fur. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I, you see, that's the thing about cosplaying and why I I have very little sort of attraction to cosplaying, mostly because I can't imagine wearing makeup all day at a con and not yeah. like scratching my face off. Yeah, I had to reapply Rocket makeup twice. Yeah, I was that so. Yeah, 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 definitely. You never did say, Rhonda, what's your favorite board game? Um, Arkham Horror. But if I if I want to play a competitive game, I actually like Stone Age. I don't think I've played Stone Age. I don't think I have either. Uh, I never get to play it because um, my gaming group, most of them don't like it. Oh. And I love it. I think it's a really, it's, it's sort of a resource building game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. 
that's a little like uh, Lords is kind of a resource management game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. Well, cool. One. Yeah. Well, this has been pretty awesome. Um, it's been a while since we've talked to someone specifically about um, their geeky family mm-hmm. and how they geek out together. And especially for Geek Mom and Geek Dad, those websites are just really awesome and they're great resources. Um, you can also um, follow Kathy on Twitter and look at her great gaming room and some of their cosplay <laughs> pictures. Um, but we really appreciate Kathy being on the show. And thanks for having me, Rhonda and Regina. Well, this is our wrap segment where we talk about what we've been watching, reading, and playing and all types of geeky genre, media, etc. <laughs> during this holiday season, we've already talked about um, some of our favorite playlists, but um, is there anything in particular that you're reading right now, Regina? Um, actually, uh, my reading kind of goes with part of what I was watching. I went and saw Gone Girl. Oh, yeah. And, and so I picked up the book after that. After seeing oh, interesting. Movie. So what provoked you to pick the book up? I wanted to, it, it, which is rare for me, because usually if I see a movie that was based on a book, I'd, I skip the book. Um, but I was very, um, I found the lead character, or I don't know the lead character, the, the female character in it to be very provocative in her um, horribleness. Yes. So I wanted to, to delve a little bit more into that. I wanted to see what was in the novel that maybe didn't make it into the movie. So yeah, I'll be in, we need to talk whenever you get done. I haven't seen the movie yet. Okay. I read the book first. Okay. And it's one of those that I told you about that reading it on the Kindle was a bad thing mm-hmm. because I didn't know I was on the last page. Oh, <laughs> and I kept expecting a better resolution. Oh, and right. when I suddenly flipped and realized, thanks for reading this book, go on Kindle and you might also like, I was like, no, <laughs> You no, have just done that to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, we'll but I thought it was a great that. book. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm just, I just started it. So we'll see. Okay. So we'll see how I feel about it. But yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm reading right now. What about you? What have you been reading? Um, well, I finally finished all of the Tim Weaver novels, and I can say that um, I believe that number four, the one that was released in America, Never Coming Back, is the best. Mm-hmm. And um, surprisingly, and and Tim may be surprised to hear this, I think number number two, the one I just finished, The Dead Tracks, is my least favorite. Oh. Um, I think mainly because I just, I do not like Healy at all. He's, He's got character. a character in there. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that, too, is uh, probably not identifying as a father. Right. Um, I have a feeling that that may have been a very um, intimate uh, character for, for Tim Weaver. And, and that it just didn't ring for me. And, right. and to me, he was just a, a ridiculous uh, person to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the way a, a father whose daughter is missing would be. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm traveling, and so I brought with me the uh, graphic novel, uh, The Batman Hush. Oh. That's a great one to read in the car. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what are you watching right now? I just finished um, The Walking Dead Season 4. So not the current season, but the one that became available on Netflix. Okay. Um, The one that ends with them in the train car. 
just using the end oh, in the train oh, car. Gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of moments where I was very close to no longer watching The Walking Dead. During, oh, okay. During, <laughs> uh, when uh, the baby, Judith, uh, disappeared after the attack on the um, prison. Yes. And it's, it's you're led to believe that. Yes. Yeah. The bad things. I, that, that was really hard. Yeah. That was really hard. Um, harder than anything like that has been before in my life. So I was like, okay. And what else? Anything else? Um, there, uh, you can't tell. Yeah. No, no, I don't think it's anything's too much of a spoiler. It looked like I I've said from the beginning, if anything happens to Daryl, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I will stop watching the show. But there were a couple of moments where I was like, I think I've added Glenn into that category too. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy are you gonna like season five <laughs> i don't want to know i don't want to know i don't want to know but uh yeah i had a couple of moments where i was like this may be the last episode i ever watched <laughs> <laughs> yeah they I, I tell you what they're just still they're continuing to do a phenomenal job of storytelling yeah that's that's the impression that i've gotten uh, someone else said that you know i it was actually isabella i said you know we finished season four but hadn't started season five and she's like oh well you know it's still going strong so it is i'll be I, i'm i'm glad i'm glad because it really mm. is a, a good show and it does um you know the emotional connection you have with the characters is is it's amazing it is amazing and uh to think it's you know centered on on zombie stuff is uh is pretty impressive too so yeah. so what about you do you have some binge watching you're going to be able to do for this holiday week well, yeah, we actually just finished binge watching uh, the first season of Penny Dreadful. Oh, nice. And we, I haven't watched we, that, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah, it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we really loved it. We sat down and talked about um, uh, the pros and cons of the show. And, and mostly we were just just really, really impressed with the cast, uh, the acting, the set direction, and um, the costuming. It's mm-hmm. It's got a touch and a feel to it and a mood. Um, the, the casting is really good and it's, um, it's telling a lot of old stories, uh, of Dorian Gray Mm. and, uh, vampires and werewolves and Frankenstein and all of this, but they're, um, they're very fresh perspectives without, uh, being ridiculous and, and not the audience not being able to attach to it. Mm, yeah. Um, it's keeping the interest and the characters are, the actors are really owning the characters. It's just really wonderful. Okay. And I, I, I've can't remember uh, the actress's name. Who's playing the lead. Um, she was uh, one, the first bond girl with uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, she played um, oh. Vespa. Yes. Yeah. I, I she is just phenomenal oh that's great um she is just a a a wonderful actress but yeah that's what we've done so far what about uh what you're playing uh well i finally was able to dip into um the new expansion for world of warcraft the lords of draenor oh yeah um and i got to play with mark um who's been taking me through the the story quest and um they have a new game mechanic i guess you would call it um a garrison so you have kind of your own little town 
that you you get to build up and you get to design. And um, I ended when I played with him over this past weekend. I ended just as I had started my garrison. So it's in place, but I haven't been able to build anything yet. I'm just sort of getting everything together so that I can go back into it and and start building it up. You get different characters in it that give you different buffs and that can kind of help you out with your gameplay. So I'm really liking it. I really loved... Um, so far, because I'm not finished with the story quests for it yet, but um, the pace of the new content is very frenetic. It is just like one thing after another. And I was playing with Mark and we were wrapping up and I clicked accept a quest just thinking, as usually, it just gets in your log. And I'm like, it'll be ready to go when, you know, when we're ready. And I realized Mark had already played through the content, so he knew what was coming. So he hadn't he hadn't played it because he hadn't clicked accept because it immediately started when, you know, the next phase um. started when you clicked it and that kept happening so I was kind of in this like oh my god do I click do I click do I click? <laughs> you know like fate you know what's what's happening and you're running and you're chasing and it's you know it's just it's and I don't want to talk too much about it because I know it's very new but um but it's really cool it's really cool the way they did it I was very it doesn't feel like your same old wow expansion it had a it had a very different feel to it so I'm very yeah. pleased with that Nice. And I started a new phone game called Quiz Up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write it down. <laughs> <laughs> you totally need to play this game, Rhonda. You will love it. Um, it's essentially a quiz game, you know, like a trivia game um, that are timed, short timed rounds. And the users create the content. So if you wanted to go in and make a quiz for uh, The oh. Walking Dead or Gone Girl, you can add your own questions to it. Um, and you're playing against people and you get ranked like there's a, you know, an um, international leaderboard, there's a national leaderboard, and then there's a leaderboard by state. Um, so I actually, the last time I played, which was yesterday, I was like top four in the state of Washington. Oh, good for you. So I was like, oh, awesome. In tabletop for tabletop gaming, just in that area. So for tabletop yeah. gaming, I was top four. Actually, no, it was for California which is a long story as to why it's California because I don't actually live in California, but it was for California. I was top four. So anyway, um, you get ranked against, you know, everybody else who's playing. Um, You get to add content. Um, It's interesting playing the tabletop um, content was interesting because you have to know the game. And sometimes you just don't know the game. Like I've learned a lot about Stratego because Stratego questions keep coming up. (laughs) Oh, funny. Yeah, so um, so it's really it's really great. It's really quick. It's easy to jump in and play a few rounds and put it down. Um, but there is also because you you level up and you get different titles as you level. So, like I played the Big Bang Theory and um, the first title you get is a robot manipulation or something like that. And so, you know, you get different names and different titles as you gain levels. So once you get to level 10 in a topic, you get a title from that topic. So, um, it has a little bit of that one more turn category going on to it. uh, I'll just play one more turn. I'll just get to level. So is the, the, the rankings, the social part of it, is that, through um, Facebook registrations, or do you register with the game uh, uh, a unique registration? You can do both. You can do both. You can sign in with your Facebook if you want to, or you can sign in with an email address so you can make your own profile. So, yeah, it's very cool. I think you'd like it. Um, I'm sorry if it ruins the rest of your holiday because you spend the entire time playing it. Okay, I'm not really sorry. you got to do something in the car. Yeah, 
It's good for, yeah, it's good. And and in the car, too, you could, like, call out the questions to the people you're playing with. Now, you get more points the faster you are in answering as well. So Now, see, that's where I fall apart. I I, I don't do well with timing. Yeah, I know. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know that. So what have you been playing? Well, you know, this is really um, actually pretty great because I had a lot of games downloaded on my Kindle and my phone so that I could play in the car. And the um, I've got a Kindle Fire, and it is hard to see in the sunlight, mm. which I'm not used to because I used to have the uh, the paper white right. Kindle that you can read in the sun. Mm-hmm. And the um, I've gone with the full color Fire, which I love, but I noticed. I couldn't read in the car. I couldn't see the screen. And I got a hankering to do the old puzzle books. I needed something else to keep me occupied. And considering that we talk about how gamers are all kinds of games, um, we have never mentioned uh, puzzle books. And so I went to the drugstore. I picked up a puzzle book by um, what is the company? Dell Puzzles, Penny Dell Puzzles. And it's a code breaker puzzle which is just a bunch of uh, alphabetic and numeric encryptions and I've already blazed through the entire thing I forgot how much fun I enjoyed those things and uh, in fact speaking of Kindle Fire there is a contest on the inside where if you solve three puzzles you can enter a contest to win a Kindle Fire (laughs) (laughs) and so of course I've already finished that submitted my entry but yeah I mean all of you puzzle book people I mean if you if uh you got relatives I know my mom used to sit around with at least a a one sudoku puzzle book all the time yeah and um that's another way of gaming man that's definitely definitely completely valid Absolutely. So I've been having fun rediscovering that. I bet. I so bet. What were the ones? I mean, they did. We used to do ad libs, um, but mad libs. Um, mad libs, you mean? Mad libs, yeah. 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 And there were a there were just a ton of those gaming books. I couldn't wait to get as a kid when we were driving to Florida and stuff. <laughs> they were awesome. Yeah, I just remember not being. I, the only two kinds I remember are word search and um, crosswords. Um, and I was never good at crosswords, you know, when I was a kid because you don't know anything. Um, and the word search only held my attention for a very short amount of time. Like, yeah, there's just not much, there's just not much to that, but, um, I would be interesting in the kind that you're talking about with, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably be horrible at it, but I would enjoy it. Yeah. Well, have you guys discovered any new games that you'd forgotten about uh, that you tried on this trip? Any that your relatives brought that you'd never heard of? Let us know how you've been uh, geeking out with what you've been watching, reading, and playing. You've been listening to Game on Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website, gameongirl.com. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can find me on Twitter at Row Room. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. Or you can find me on Tumblr and Instagram. Or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter and Steam and other various and sundry locations on the internet. Uh, huge thanks to Kathy from Geek Mom for joining us on the show today. Uh, great conversation. Uh, love hearing stories about geeky families. It's always a pleasure. And geeky cosplay and the, the perils of geeky cosplay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which we might not often think about when you're stopping that person to take their picture. <laughs> 
what do we have coming up for events? We're kind of in, you know, the down time of the year right now. I don't know if we have all that much coming up. No, not much. And the the uh, movie season, there won't be anything really particularly interesting for another couple of weeks. The holiday films will be out. Right. Um, the Imitation Game is coming out, though, with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. And uh, for all of those teenage girls out there who are in love with, uh, with Benedict, go see it because it's about a mathematician. Right. And uh, looks a pretty very intense. Very- Yes, very intense film, but maybe it'll it'll get you turned on to some STEM education. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Alan Turing uh, during World War II. Cool. And uh, very excited about that. And then those of you who are into The Mentalist, its last season is starting up this week. And it'll be the last season for that show, season seven. And a brand new show, The Librarians. Now, some of you, I don't know if you're familiar with the movies, uh, The Librarian. There were three with Noah Wiley. Uh, it also had uh, Jane Curtin and Bob Newhart in them. Uh, I think they started out in 2004. Um, very cheesy, but at the same time with a lot of heart. Uh, very charming. Uh, if you want to see a melee fight scene with Bob Newhart, you have to get the first film. It okay. is just hysterical. That's crazy sounding. But, it is crazy. But, but I like it. They've, they've optioned it for a TV show, and it's going to have uh, Christian Kane in it and John Larroquette. And Noah Wiley's going to appear in some of the ep- episodes and Rebecca Romaine. Cool. So, so if you remember Christian Kane from Angel and from Leverage. Right. Um, oh, I love him. It, yeah. He's got a great and, and so they've renamed it The Librarians because apparently they're going to have a, a, t- a sort of like a Scooby team. So. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, very exciting. Interesting. Well, this is Thanksgiving week, and I'd just like to take a moment and thank all of our listeners uh, for tuning uh, in, checking out our awesome. content. You guys are the best, and uh, we're very thankful for you and for your contributions and for listening to us. Um, as always, we'd love to hear from you on the website or grab us on Twitter. And uh, yeah, and thanks to you. And we hope that you have happy and safe holidays. Uh, as always, Game on Girls is available on iTunes and Stitcher. We're also part of the Radio Fubar and All Games Networks, where you can stream our shows. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! <laughs>